Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Kings. Just love church. How many people love church? Love church. Just so good to gather together and be able to worship and break bread together. Second Kings chapter 19, reading from verse 14. Amen. Word of God says, Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. And then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that these Syrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They've thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are God. Let's pray. So, Father, I just thank you for this word. Yeah, I thank you that your word is anointed. Uh, and it's a word that is thousands of years old, but it still has the capacity to speak into our lives today. And so, Lord, that's our prayer today. Let not this word Return to your void, Lord God, but let it accomplish that which you've, you've uh, purposed, I pray. Father, let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses, cleanses me from righteousness, Lord God. And, and Father, I just thank you that you are on the throne, that you guide and lead. We bind every work of the enemy, every fear and intimidation. We come against it in Jesus' name. Just let there be freedom to speak the word and to hear the word today. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're in a series entitled uh, Freedom that we began a few uh, weeks ago. Uh, if you haven't been with us in the last few weeks in this series, we're looking at the reality that in life all of us experience wounds and hurts. All of us experience uh, struggles and difficulties. And, and these negative experiences uh, can affect our life deeply. Uh, they can affect how we think, how we feel. They can affect the, the decisions that we make. Um, uh, can be influenced uh, by a, uh, something that happened to us way back there, that our perception of the world that we live in can be influenced by stuff that has happened back there that has not been, been dealt with. And the good news is um, that one of the reasons why Jesus came was to set us free, that no matter what has, we've experienced in life, the tragedies, the difficulties, the traumas, that we can be set free through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Key verse for the series has been the words of Jesus that said, then you will know the truth. And that truth has the capacity to set you free. And so many of us can be saved um, and yet still be bound by stuff, still be bound by stuff. 
um, you know, uh, we might look free on the outside, but, but, but emotionally and spiritually we can be, you know, all bound up by certain things. You know, our walk can be hindered because our legs are bound in some way. Our, our, the things that we do can be hindered. The, 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 the things that we see can be hindered because of stuff that's happened and the enemy wants to keep us bound the end Jesus has come so that we could be free and he says that one of the ways that we can experience that freedom is by knowing his truth Jesus also said but when he the spirit of truth comes speaking about the Holy Spirit he will guide you into all truth uh, that one of the works of the Holy Spirit is he's going to guide us into truth the truth that will set us free by His grace and for His glory. And my prayer in this series has been that if we, if we do feel bound and broken, and I'm sure all of us have got something that, that, that's in our lives that we could be free from, if we feel wounded or in a prison to whatever, my prayer is that we would be set free in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, in this series, I've tried to convey a thought that I pray has come across uh, that it's not easy to overcome some of these issues. Can I hear an amen? Uh, I don't want to come across like one of those, you know, pastors that, you know, here's three points, do these three things and you'll be free. I certainly don't want to come across like that. Because if we are able to overcome some of these issues, uh, the, and then ultimately it's going to be by the grace of God. That if we are going to, if, if we could have overcome some of this stuff, it would have already been dealt with. But the fact that it hasn't been dealt with means it's deep and it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a stronghold of some, of some description. It's not easy. And if we are able to overcome some of this stuff, it's by the grace of God. We need God's help. We need God's grace. We, we need the power of God manifest amongst us. We need a miracle. When it comes to being set free, there are some times where we experience this suddenly. Read through the Gospels and... You know, one of the things I'll be doing, I'm going through the Gospels at the moment. I'm in the book of Acts and I've been marking every time there's a miracle. Just marking on the side, putting a little star. And it's amazing how many miracles happen. And, and, and so often Jesus would encounter someone and He would pray for them and, and they would be set free immediately. And all throughout the Scriptures we read about that. I want to believe for this suddenly in our lives. I want to believe for that even today, that we can be set free, you know, immediately and suddenly. But there are other times where, where, where God will tell us to do something. Uh, it won't be that, you know, we'll immediately be healed, but, the, but, but God will tell us to do something. And it's as we do that thing, as we obey, then healing comes. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd rather number one. Can I hear an amen? That's what I want. I want the suddenly. Um, you know, uh, God's, Elijah says to Naaman, says to Naaman, full of leprosy, he's, he's going to die. Unless he has a miracle, he's going to die. He, um, and, uh, uh, and, and Elijah, through the servant Gehazi, says to Naaman, go and wash yourself in the Jordan. So, you know, uh, the Naaman had to make a decision. Was he going to obey or not? And, and Naaman could have easily just gone back to his, uh, his hometown and, 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 and continue to pray for, oh, I'm looking for a miracle. I want a miracle. I want a miracle. Uh, but the miracle was in his hands. All he needed to do was obey. <laughs> All he needed to do was, 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 was obey. And so there are times that we experience this suddenly. And then there are other times we've got to tell us, this is what you need to do. And off you go. And as we obey, then we experience the miracle. We experience the power of God. 
manifest amongst us. But ultimately, if we get through, it's the grace of God. And that's what I want to speak about today. It's the grace of God. <laughs> it's the grace of God that gets us through. It's the grace of God that helps us overcome some of those giants. It's the, it's the grace of God that helps us through. It's the grace of God that has brought us this far. Can I hear an amen? amen. And it's the grace of God that's going to protect us. It's the grace of God that's going to guide us. It's the grace of God that's going to help us overcome some of this stuff in our lives. So to help us unpack this thought, I want to, I want to look at this story that we've read in our text about King Hezekiah. This is what I want to do today. Um, I want to briefly go through this, this text, and I see time is running away. Uh, I don't want to preach too long. That's going to take a miracle in itself. Um, and, but then we're going to spend a little bit of time in prayer and uh, just praying for people today because I want us, I want us to do that. And my, my prayer is that faith would begin to rise in our hearts to believe that something could shift. Uh, that, that, that something could shift in our lives. That, that, that those, those strongholds, those, those issues that it seems so, we so, seem so stuck in, that we would be able to take at least one step towards the right direction and to experiencing freedom in our lives. Bit of background, Hezekiah was a king that reigned over Judah a total of uh, 43 years. The Bible says Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him. Um, either before or after him. This guy was, was, a, was a very sp special person, a godly man. The Bible tells us that he was devoted to God. He purified the temple, removed all the idols. His father had said he restored the temple worship. He celebrated the Passover. Hezekiah was faithful to the Lord. He was a godly man who had an intent to serve the Lord. And yet as we read, read the next chapter of the story, we find that he's under attack. The Bible says, after all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities, thinking to conquer them for himself. Assyrians were cruel people and they captured the whole land except Jerusalem. Uh, he, writes a, he writes a letter to Hezekiah, uh, threatening him, intimidating him, saying that unless he surrendered, um, that he would destroy their city and destroy them all. So what did Hezekiah do? We read it in our text, Hezekiah received a letter from the messengers and read it. And then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it before the Lord and he prayed. He gets the letter, spreads it out before God. And he says, God, this problem is too big for me. Can't fix this. I don't know what to do. Um, will you intervene? So just a couple of thoughts I want to take out. Very simple thoughts. I want to take them out of the text. First thought that comes from the text is the power of Sennacherib. We're introduced to Sennacherib in verse 13 of chapter 18. In the fourth year of King Hezekiah's reign, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. Now he wants to capture Jerusalem. And so he comes to Hezekiah and he starts to threaten him. And he was evil. He was the king of a fierce nation. Uh, Assyria had already taken uh, Israel. And uh, now they had their eye on Judah, in particular uh, Jerusalem. In chapter 18, you read how he threatens Judah. Uh, who do you think you are? You're weak and I'm powerful. He goes, listen, I'll give you 2,000 horses or whatever it was. If you can actually put men on those horses. Um, and um, you don't have the strength to fight us. It's, it's, it's a, he's a picture of the enemy. And then in chapter 19, he sends a letter to Hezekiah saying, do you think God is going to deliver you? 
Uh, the other nation, uh, no other nation has defeated us. Their gods have, have, uh, have not helped them. Do you really think that God is going to help you? And the Bible says that Hezekiah reads the letter. Syrian Sennacherib means man of sin. He represents the enemy. Maybe there are some people here today that have been sent a letter from Sennacherib. Because Sennacherib is still sending letters. Can I hear an amen? Sennacherib is anything in our lives that seems bigger and stronger than us. It's the bitterness that we can't seem to resolve. It's the past, the addiction, the insecurity, the fear, the depression. It's the problem, the sickness. It's anything that's keeping us bound in a prison. Anything that's keeping us from experiencing the freedom that Jesus wants us to experience. Sennacherib shouts at us and he says to us, I'm going to defeat you. You can't beat me. I'm stronger than you. Do you think God is going to help you? Do you think uh, that, that, uh, that you can overpower me? Sennacherib represents whatever in our lives that seem bigger than us and stronger than us and more powerful than us. It's that past we can't seem to get past. It's that issue that we can't seem to resolve. It's the conflict in the marriage, in the family that we just can't seem to get past. It's that anxiety that seems to trip us up again and again. Just when we think we've overcome, Sennacherib sends another letter reminding us that he is all powerful. Sennacherib threatens us like Goliath that threatened the people of Israel. Every morning, the Bible says Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out, like, uh, uh, come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight me and kill him, we'll become your servants. But if I overcome and kill him, you will become our subjects and servants and serve us. We will become a slave to whatever giant we don't, uh, we don't conquer. We'll become a slave to whatever it is we don't conquer. If we don't conquer the fear, we'll become a slave to it. Um, we'll, we'll, we become a slave to whatever it is we don't deal with. If we don't conquer that addiction, we'll be a slave to it all of our lives. Sennacherib represents the enemy who's wanting to limit our potential. Sennacherib represents the enemy that's wanting to keep us bound and in a prison. That's his will for our lives. The Bible says that the enemy's come to kill, steal and destroy. He wants to rob us of our future. He wants to rob us of our destiny in God. He wants to keep us bound. And all of us have our own Sennacherib and he stands before us and he sends letters. Describing our fears, wounds, our challenges. And he's forever questioning the, he's questioning the power of God. Do you really believe that God is going to see you through? Do you really believe that, that, that God is going to deliver you from this? He, he, he seeks to get us to, to, to doubt God, to doubt the love of God. He tries to get us to move from that position of faith. He, gets us, he tries to get us to move from, from our understanding of who we are in Christ Jesus. Oh, that applies to everybody else. It doesn't apply to you. You're not spiritual enough. You're too far gone. No, you're, 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 you're too entrenched. You're never going to get out of this thing. The wound is too great. The past is too severe. Your sin is too great. 
And he, and he continues, the Bible tells us that the enemy accuses us day and night. Day and night he's coming against us. So what do you do when you're holding a letter in your hands? What did Hezekiah do? I just love this. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and he read it. And then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed. Story teaches us about the power of Sennacherib, but secondly, it also teaches us about the power of God. Come on, how many people believe greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? Hezekiah knew he couldn't defend himself against Assyria. He knew that the Assyrian army was too big for him. He knew that no strategy, no alliance was going to help him in this particular situation. He needed God to intervene. He needed God to intervene in his situation. And one, I wonder, has anyone ever got to a place uh, where your only hope was God? Anyone ever got to a place in your life where you faced a situation where your only hope was God? One of the things that we do as Christians is, um, is we pray. Amen? Can I hear we pray? It's great. Yep. Uh, and there's different kinds of prayers. Uh, there's the um, regular everyday prayers. You know, we, we pray before a meal. Uh, at least I still hope we do. I think it's an amazing thing to pray before a meal. It's a, you know, usually a short prayer. Father, we just thank you for this meal. Blah, blah. You know, we, we just thank God for the meal. A lot of times, you know, we pray the prayer. We're not even thinking while we're praying the prayer. And then we start eating. Do we pray before? We... <laughs> um, Lana and I, we usually pray before we go to bed. It's a short prayer, 15 minutes. It's 15, 15 minutes, 15 seconds. It's a long prayer. Uh, you know, we just pray. We just thank you, Father, for this day. You know, be with us. Give us a good night's rest and so on. Powerful. Just It's those short prayers. It's those prayers that we pray. Then, then there's the, the longer ones, you know, the, the, the prayers that we pray during a devotional time where we set aside a bit of time. I encourage you to do this. Find some time every single day, five minutes, 10 minutes, and even more, and just begin to pray and cry out to God and, 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 and pray for your family and pray for the church and, 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 and just, just begin to pray and intercede. And there's those kind of prayers. But then there's another kind of prayer. The kind of prayers where we cry out to God with desperation. It's usually what brings us there is a crisis of some description. Some bad news, a difficult situation, diagnosis, a letter from Sennacherib. We feel like we're under attack. We don't know what to do. In those times, it doesn't matter if you have time or not. Pastor Joe, we're just, we're just so busy. When you, when you get one of these kind of situations, you find time to pray. <laughs> doesn't matter what's on TV. You don't worry about the right words. You don't need a book to read about how to pray. You begin to pray. And you begin to cry out to God with the depths of your heart. Uh, Corinthians says uh, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray with groans that we don't, we don't with, with, with words and, and, and sometimes with groans because we just don't have the words to describe what we're feeling inside and, and, and we're, we're so desperate for God to intervene. Desperate prayers where our only hope is God. And that was the situation for Hezekiah. I just love this. He said Hezekiah received the letter from the Lord. What did he do? Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord. Notice how the text says he went up to the temple of the Lord. 
One of the dangers when we receive some bad news is, is that our thoughts go into overdrive. We can either spiral down into a dark place. I don't know about you, but certainly what happens to me. And we, we, we spiral down into a dark place of defeat and confusion and despair. And, and we can't see a way out. And we just, we spiral down. I mean, we, can, we can either do that and stay in that place. Or we can go up to the temple of the Lord. Just love the imagery of that because we can get stuck down here and we can so often get stuck in our situations and we can get stuck in where we are and we start to lose hope and we start to despair. And that's one way to deal with it. I don't know about you. My brain just keeps on going. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Mm. We can do that or we can go up to the temple of the Lord. It's powerful. There's some times in our life where the only answer is God. So Hezekiah spreads out the letter before the Lord and he prays. The prayers recorded in the Bible, uh, it's in 2 Kings 19. And actually you'll read about this in 2 Kings, in 2 Chronicles and also in Isaiah. We're going to kind of get three versions of this story. And this is, this is his prayer. He spreads out the letter. You can just imagine he's got this, he's got this letter, this email from Sennacherib. And then he, and he gets it and he, he just spreads it out before the Lord. And he, and he begins to pray. And he says, Lord, it starts off with L-O-R-D. There it is right there. It's in capitals, which means, you know, in the Hebrew, it's actually Yahweh. Um, and it's so significant. It's, it's so powerful. Just that one word, it's, it's Yahweh. It's, it's, it's saying, you are the self-existent God. You are the all-powerful God. You are the almighty God. The God of Israel. Lord, the God of Israel, there it is there. And I don't know about what, 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 I don't know what you do when you read the Scriptures, but what I do is I look for significant words. I circle them and underline them. And I just circled, you know, underline the God of Israel. Because what he's saying is, look historically how you've dealt with your people, oh God. Look at how they were slaves in Egypt for so many years and how you, you are the God of Israel. You're the God of promise that you promised Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, that you would make them into a great nation and that they would be a blessing. It's just so much in Lord, the God of Israel. And then he says, enthroned between the cherubim. You, you alone are God. And again, you get the picture of the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God was. It's where God dwelt. And he said, he said to the people of Israel, build a tabernacle and there I will meet with you. And there I will speak to you from the Ark. You alone are God all over all the kingdoms of the earth. You've made the heavens and the earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your, your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. How many people know sometimes the enemy will ridicule us? He'll come and begin to ridicule us. He'll say, you're a Christian. Look at what's happening in your life. What kind of a Christianity do you have? What kind of a God do you serve? And then he says, it is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their land. I love, the, I, love, I love the reality of what he's saying. He's saying it's true. It's not in denial. He's not, he's not you know, blaming anybody else. I love that this is faith. He's not gone into some super spiritual kind of faith. You're yeah, going to get through this. No, it's reality. Here's the reality. It's true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations in their hands. And their lands. They have thrown their gods in the fire and destroyed them. For they were not gods, but only wood and stone. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from this hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are Lord. Notice, notice the two words. 
so that. If you look throughout the scripture, you'll see these words come up again and again. So that reveals the motivation of his prayer. And the motivation was not for himself, he says, so that your name will be glorified. So that your name will be lifted high. Bible says that as he's praying, God speaks to the prophet Isaiah and he sends him a word. And, and he's, Isaiah says, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I've heard. I've heard your prayer concerning Sennacherib. I, I, I love those words. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I've heard. I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard what you got, I've heard. And I'm here. I want you to know that God hears and he will answer. I want you to know that God hears. It may feel like he's a million miles away. It may feel like he's not hearing. It may feel, it may feel like he's not listening to your prayers. He's the God who hears. And whenever you start to feel or think that, you say, Father, I just thank you that you're the God that sees. I thank you that you're the God that hears. And I thank you that you're the God that answers. And he says to Hezekiah, therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, he will return. As I was thinking about that, you know, I want you to think about that situation that you've, you find. I want you to think about that stronghold that's in your life that came, that came. By the way he came, he's going to go back the same way he came. By, by, whatever, by, by whatever way that, came, that situation came into my life, by whatever way that situation was sown into the depths of my heart, by the, by the same way it came, it's going to go out the same way. In the name of Jesus. That night, I will defend the city and save it for, for, for my sake and for the sake of... I will defend the city. The Bible says that night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. And when the people got up the next morning, there were a lot of dead bodies around. And so Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. <laughs> smart, smart guy. Sennacherib. Sennacherib thought he was all-powerful. But he learned a lesson about the power of God. I wonder, do you have a letter in your hand today? A letter that's reminding you of your challenges? A letter that's reminding you of your sins, your defeats? A letter that's reminding you how big your problem is? Do you have a letter in your hand? Has Sennacherib sent a letter to you that's reminding you of what you're going through. You have, you've got a couple of options as to what to do with the letter. You can, do, you can deny the reality of the pain. You can blame someone else for it. You can despair, do nothing. You can medicate the pain. You can pretend. You can become super spiritual. Oh, I don't have a problem. Nothing wrong with my leg. Don't be limping. <laughs> you, you, you can go off into just try and deny the reality. That's how some people cope. And I understand it. Pain is too great. Don't have the resources. Some people, some people feel like they just, they just got to find a way to, to, to go away from it. But the best thing we can do is face it in the name of Jesus. 
We can do any of those things or we can go to the temple of the Lord, spread the letter out before the Lord and pray. Turn your problem into a petition and say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, Lord? The Bible says this in Psalm 43, verse 3. It says, Lord, send your light and send your truth. Let them lead me to your holy hill. It's a great prayer to pray. Whatever it is you're going through, send your light. Help me to see what you see. Help me to see this situation as you see it, Lord God, and send your truth. Let them lead me. It's the light of God and the truth of it. It's the light that helps us to see what we cannot see with our natural eyes. Help me to see this situation the way you see it. And, and then send a, send a word of truth. And let them lead me to your holy hill, to the place where you dwell into your presence. So we, we bring our problem before the Lord, spread it out before the Lord. Say, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to do, Lord? And then the Lord will begin to speak to us. We may be healed. Or He may say, this is what you need to do. You need to go and dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River. <laughs> he may say, you need to go and speak to someone. This is what you need to do. The healing was there, but he had to obey. And so often, no, I don't want to, that's too hard. I don't want to do that. We keep praying. <laughs> we keep praying, Lord, I need a miracle. Lord, no. All you need to do is, it's, the miracle's in your hands. You just need to obey. I leave the rest to God. I pray that just as God delivered Hezekiah, we too can experience the freedom in our lives by His grace and for His glory. I, I, I pray that just as God delivered Hezekiah, the angel of the Lord came, dealt with 185,000 Syrian soldiers. I don't want the angel of the Lord to do that today. In Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? What I would like is the angel of the Lord to come through here to minister to you and to me. Because I don't have the answers. Whatever you're going through, I don't have the answers. The complexity of issues that I see today, I said, we don't have the answers. The church doesn't have the answers. But I know someone who does. And He loves you. And He cares about you. He cares about your future. He created you. There's a plan for your life. You're not an accident. Uh, and whatever's happened, God has the capacity to turn it around and use it for His glory. God did not call you to be bound by whatever situation it is. That's the devil's plan for your life. The Bible says that Jesus came to set us free free from whatever it is that's keeping us bound. Come on, I want to believe for that in Jesus' name. I want to believe for that in Jesus' name. I want, I want to believe that the angel of the Lord is going to sweep over this place today. Begin to minister to all of us because all of us have got some stuff that we need to deal with. Can I hear an amen? Why don't we stand together? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're just going to worship and, um, and then we're going to anoint people with oil this morning. The Bible tells us, is there any sick among you? 
you know, call the elders of the church, anoint with oil, and the sick will be made well. And um, we're going to do that today. We're going to give you an opportunity to be prayed for with the anointing of oil. And, um, and so we're, we're going to sing a song, and then, then I'll guide you as to what we're going to, what we're going to do next. But I, I want us to just reach out to God. Um, what we need is the grace of God. What we need is the power of God. What we need is the, a manifestation of the Spirit of God to, to be made amongst us today. And I just pray that God would begin to move, that He would speak by His Spirit in Jesus' name. Just want to speak the name of Jesus.